Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. Hello, it's me. I'm Kim. I am Doula Kim. That's what you can call me if you want. I had somebody call me that in my classes, so I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I am the host of Birth and Parenting Things podcast. I am a mother of three, a caretaker of two elderlies, the fur mama to three fur babies, and I am tired, <laughs> very tired. Did you miss me? I wasn't there last week. I didn't post anything last week. Last week, we got confirmation that my uncle has stage four lung cancer and does not have very much longer, despite looking like he's he's doing okay. Um, the cancer is quite aggressive. And um, we are, so he is in palliative care now and uh, he's been there for the last four days, yeah, five days um he's out of isolation now when you get transferred from one one facility to another from hospital to another facility you have to be in quarantine so that uh you are not infecting others with potentially with covid so i'm going for my first visit today and um i don't quite know how things will be um he's I spoke to him actually just a couple minutes ago and he seems to be doing okay. The doctor, I guess, is going to talk to everyone or to me and him tomorrow about what can be done, what they can do for him to make him comfortable and things like that. So I am hoping that we can make his last little bit um, as comfortable and as enjoyable as possible. Um, the good news is, is there are people that want to go visit and see how he's doing. Funny how, you know, this is the part that pisses me off. Funny how, you know, when he did actually need help and support while he was alive, none of the family stepped out of the woodwork. And yet now that he's in palliative care and the end is nigh, then he will, uh, now everybody wants to come and, you know, see how he's doing. Well, you know what? We could have used you three years ago, but okay, whatever. Um, so as a result, it's been, um, a bit tiring, um, trying to get things done for him that he needs done that will make him feel safe, that will make him feel comfortable, that will take away some of the anxiety that he has, um, which he has a lot of anxiety and, uh, it's been hard. And last week I did have like two, maybe three breakdowns. Um, <laughs> uh, one on, well, I might've talked about this last week when about setting up boundaries. So I had one, one the other day, and then I, I've had another since then. And I've been feeling, my kids have been very helpful. And, and sometimes though, when, when people are offering suggestions and things like that, which I, I 100% love and I, and I want, um, 
it has felt a little bit overwhelming with uh, the massive amount of stuff that I have now to do. When he originally, when him and my aunt had originally gotten things set up, um, because they don't have children, is to have their the their trust company where their money is to be the executors of their will and, and manage everything. So nobody has to sell the house. Nobody has to empty the house. Nobody has to do any of that stuff. However, um, my aunt having died unexpectedly, uh, before my uncle, uh, which was not what was anticipated because he's older than she is. Um, that kind of threw a wrench into things. So, now he is looking to, I mean, he got the diagnosis and the first words out of his mouth were like, what are we going to do about the house? And it's like, okay, well now I guess I have to deal with the house and emptying it and whatnot. And my kids have been really good in stepping forward and, and helping out and picking up some of the slack where I have to drop the reins on a few things. So it's been uh, it's been very good, and I know that there's my mother will help where she can, though she's physically not in a great place to do that. And um, some of her friends who knew my aunt um, are willing to step forward as well. And I have my my doula friends who have offered to help in cleaning out the house and things like that as well. But it's it's difficult, and I, th- I think what makes it most difficult is not that. Um, you know, the overwhelming amount of work that is true and, and is a bit difficult, but it's the reason for the work that's kind of causing me to, to take a step back every now and then to just breathe. So, yeah, so it's funny, in this stage of my life as a doula, I deal with birth on a daily basis, but at this point I am also dealing with the other side of the coin, being, I'm not calling myself a death doula but um you know being there to support and be that supportive person for somebody who is coming to the end of their life i help i've been helping people for however 15 years in starting their lives um, and starting their lives as parents but now i'm at the other end of the spectrum and it's it's tiring and it's overwhelming and it's emotionally and physically exhausting so if I, if I lash out, if you know me and I've, I've lashed out at you or I've been quiet or stepping away from social media and all of these things, it's just because I, I need to wrap my brain about, around everything that's happening. And sometimes we have to do that in our lives. We have to take a step back. We have to stop what we're doing and take a step back and take a breath so that we can move forward together. So I thought this week... Um, I would talk about, so now let's get into the topic of the, of the podcast. Now this week I thought I would talk about the areas that you need to focus on to survive that first week or so with your newborn. I know there's definitely, you know, blog articles and things out there that are like, okay, in order to, you know, when you have a newborn, you need to do X, Y, Z and da, 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 da. I'm not going to tell you specifics because this is everybody's different. All your specifics are going to be different. So I remember, um, you know, when getting home from the hospital with my baby, it was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? How are we going to manage this? Yes. I mean, he was over a week old at that point and, and things, you know, were working pretty well, but it did feel overwhelming. And we had, like, it was just me and my partner, you know, and now, you know, 
we didn't have a lot of help from our family and we did manage to muddle through. Then 20 years later, two more babies and a career in, you know, the birth and postpartum field. It's got me to realize that there's really three key areas to focus on when you get home with your baby. And these, as I say, these aren't the annoying, impossible tips to strictly follow, but these are areas to focus on and manage at your own pace um, and your own way. So being a parent is so incredibly individual and there's no one right way to do anything. And your baby is an individual and you as an, as a person are an individual. So let's look at the places where we can focus that energy for, you know, your best chance at surviving this first week or two. So the first is going to be your recovery. It's important to remember that when you have just had a human exit your body and whether they came out your vagina or they came out your abdomen, this is a huge physical and emotional journey that you just took. And instead of being able to, you know, sit back and reflect on this sort of mind-blowing experience, you're now in charge of the survival of that creature, knowing little to nothing about them. The good news is babies don't need a whole lot. They're not very complicated creatures. Even though they feel like it, they're not very complicated. The one thing they do need, really, besides food and, a, and love and a place to sleep, is they do need a parent who's looking after themselves and taking care of their recovery seriously. So everyone says, get rest. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, how do you get rest when you have a newborn? Well, you kind of get it wherever you can. This is not a time to worry about vacuuming and cooking and laundry and work and any other person but yourself. And I know for many of us, this is difficult, but it's so important. If you don't take care of yourself, you could end up worse off. And then you really can't worry about anything else but yourself. So before your body rebels against you, just try and get as much rest as you can. After feeding baby, if possible, pass that baby off to someone else to lay down and lay down without your phone, okay, or any electronic device. Go to a space away from the baby if you can, maybe with blackout curtains or whatever and try to sleep. And even if you don't sleep, at least rest, lay down, okay? This, whoever has baby, they will bring baby to you when they need to be fed again, okay? And they can settle baby down and they can put them back to sleep, right? Try to stay on top of your meds. So whatever the hospital or the midwife recommends you to take, take it. Your body has done so much and it may be achy and sore from the experience. The medication that they give you will help you manage that discomfort while you recover. Any medication they give you is not contraindicated for feeding your baby at the chest. Sorry, got my windows open and cars are driving by. Um, so don't worry about any medication they give you. You can still feed your baby from the chest. And if you feel extra sore and achy, you can try an Epsom salts bath or a nice hot shower. This can sometimes help ease that muscle aches and pains that you might feel. And if they told you to take the medication for X number of days, do that. Don't stop early because you feel better. You feel better because you're taking the medication. If you stop early, you may start to feel achy and uncomfortable again. And it will take you a few days to get back on top of you know, it when you're trying to get things done. So just take it until it's done. I know this one's going to be hard too. stay well fed and hydrated. Start planning now before baby comes cook and freeze meals that are healthy and will aid you in your recovery. And if people are coming to visit, make sure you tell them the price of admission is a home cooked meal. 
They have to pay to see your baby, and this is the price. Look into meal and grocery delivery as well to cut down on cooking and, and errand running. Because the important part is, you know, to try and stay close to home and try and stay close to baby. Having that stuff delivered can be helpful. Being well hydrated is important too on, on a couple of different levels. The first being that your body, if you are feeding baby at the body, you will need to replenish the fluids that are being removed by your from your body by your baby to make more milk. If you become dehydrated, your milk supply will actually decrease. When you sit down to feed baby, have a glass of water or something beside you to hydrate as you feed. The second um, level or um, area is that if you have swollen feet at the end of your pregnancy, uh, that's only going to get worse. Most hospital births or medicalized births involve IV fluids. So the swelling before labor actually only gets worse after labor. Staying well hydrated will allow the new fluid coming in to be pushed out, to push out the old fluid. Your support people can also massage your feet and legs. They can do this prior to having the baby as well um, by pushing the fluid back into your system. So start at the toes and massage upwards past the ankle, past the calf, past the knee to push that fluid back into your system. Um, but if the swelling, so afterwards, if the swelling does go to your hands and face, please make sure that you're contacting your care provider right away. This could potentially be postpartum preeclampsia and it can be quite dangerous. So don't take swelling of the hands and face too lightly. And now the probably the hardest part um, in this section of getting rest is letting people help. Look, I know, we it's difficult. Accepting help when it's offered is probably the biggest, uh, most difficult thing you'll ever do. Maybe you feel like if someone's offering you help that they might be suggesting that you can't do this, that you are maybe a bad parent and that you're failing at what you're doing. Just know this is not the case. They may know exactly how hard it is to have a newborn and they don't want you to have such a hard time. Maybe they've had a baby before and they know how hard it is. They may, um, so often people don't know how to help either. So they want to help, but they're relying on you to tell them what they need. And this is difficult, but just tell them what you need. It's not being selfish. You need the help. Asking for help and getting help is not a sign of weakness. Try to remember that as a species, we were not meant to do this alone. In generations past, we would have been doing this with our family, our tribe, our clan, our unit. The elder women would have helped with feeding you and the baby. Younger women would have been looking after you and the home while you recover. But unfortunately, we no longer have this intergenerational support anymore. And if you do, that is great. Please go with that. Um, the grandmas and the aunties are not being annoying. They are helping. And this is important. Um, but because we don't have necessarily this intergenerational support, or maybe it's been stifled because of COVID and travel bans, there are places that you can get help. So hiring a, or having friends and family help out where they can. Um, consider hiring a postpartum doula. Postpartum doula can also make a great baby shower gift. So try adding one to your registry. Do your do your stuff ahead of time and your research and whatnot ahead of time. Find the doula that you would like to work with and put them on your registry. And people, you know, God, we don't need any more baby onesies. As cute as they are, baby will barely be wearing them. But wouldn't it be great to hire some help and actually have that help? 
Now the next area of focus that we need to look at is feeding baby. So we're gonna focus on rest. Now we're gonna focus on feeding baby. One of the more common concerns that I see from soon to be parents around feeding baby is, you know, they get bombarded with stories about latching and not having any milk and the baby is starving. The reality is though, these stories will often come from places where the feeding parent had little support and a lot of anxiety around the act of feeding. And let's be honest, many times a new feeding parent, especially in hospital, is gonna get a ton of conflicting advice and support that will either sabotage the experience or add to the anxiety. So how are we gonna manage that? In the hospital, we need to focus on latching. After baby is born, when surrounded by nurses or midwives or lactation consultants, focus on getting the latch right. If the latch works, everything else falls into place. Don't worry about how often you feed baby, how long you feed baby. Don't time things in those first few days. Just focus on the latch and putting baby to the chest every two to three hours until your mature milk comes in. If the baby tells, if the nurse tells you to only feed baby for 10 minutes and then we'll top up with formula for no apparent reason, just keep focusing on the latch. Keep baby at the breast until they're asleep, even if after doing breast compressions and squeezing more in. If the latch is good, the milk will flow and supplementation won't be necessary. If the hospital lactation consultants wants to solve your latch problem with a nipple shield, ask them to keep helping you with the latch and how to wean off the nipple shield. Nipple shields will decrease your supply and, will, and won't help fix the latch. If the latch is good, the nipple shields won't be necessary. And if you end up leaving the hospital with a nipple shield on, how are you going to get off it? It's a tool that can work really well, and I've used it really well with my, um, with my last child, but the hospital helped me wean off. The lactation consultants at the hospital actually didn't let me go home until I was able to latch without needing it. Times have changed, I know. Also in feeding, we need to remember that cluster feeding is normal. Cluster feeding and growth spurts will occur around day three and day six, and they are normal for bringing in your mature milk and bringing baby back to their birth weight. So just hang out in bed, have baby brought to you, and feed, feed, feed. During this time, remember to stay hydrated, and again, let people help. They can help by not necessarily feeding baby, but feeding you changing baby's diapers, soothing them, and holding them between feeds so that you can rest. And the final area to focus on when you are bringing your baby home is visitors. How are you gonna manage visitors? Okay. When baby comes home, people will definitely wanna come and see the baby and they'll wanna hold the baby and bring cute, useless gifts. But in the first week or two, while you are recovering from having this human, is we don't need baby snugglers. What we need is baby helpers. They can come and visit and they can bring food. They can run errands. They can, you know, fill or empty your dishwasher. They can put a load of laundry on. If they stay long enough to put a load of baby clothes on and then stick around until they're dried and folded, that can be helpful too. Visitors should be there to listen to you, feed you, and maybe, just maybe, holding the baby while you have a shower. Also, do you have COVID protocols in place for your baby? They will have, will they have to be vaccinated? 
Will everyone still be masked? Have you arranged prior to baby coming so that people, you know, won't be surprised when you ask them to follow the rules of the house? Make sure that they wash their hands before holding baby, irregardless of COVID. As a postpartum doula, I've gone into parents' homes and, you know, the minute I step over the threshold, they hand me the baby as soon as I walk in the door. Nope, hands, my hands go up and say, hold on, I got to go wash my hands first because we don't know what we're bringing in from the outdoors, irregardless of COVID. So those three areas to focus on, rest and recover, feeding baby, and your visitors. Hang on to those and try to figure out what those are going to look like for you. Okay. Now getting, so getting rest, staying hydrated and asking for help really is, is sort of the underlying message in all of this. Now I have a bonus tip for you. Stop Googling. Okay. I know the appeal of asking the internet for help and Googling things, um, that are new and strange to you. I know how great that feels, but, and also crowdsourcing information on Facebook groups. I've done it myself but I encourage you to actually scale back on where you're finding your information. Oftentimes the information can be horror stories that will only add to your anxiety. They could be older, inaccurate information. And if it's being found on Facebook, uh, it may just be filled with bitterness and internet trolls. So try and be careful, right? You can also, again, consider contacting a uh, postpartum doula. I myself have a new parent mentoring package where I am your parent mentor. Let me be your Google and I can uh, answer your questions again that are specific just for you, right? So I hope you found this useful and I know this has been a very short podcast, Um, but as I say, I'm trying to... I'm trying to still be all things to all people and I really don't want to let my new to soon to be or new parents down because I really feel like I still have information to give you out there. So um, I did also want to add on, I can't remember if I've mentioned this before, but there's been, I really encourage you if you're on TikTok, um, I have recently discovered TikTok. It's it's really kind of giving me um, a little bit of joy and a whole bunch of negative sort of stuff. So a couple people uh, that I follow on TikTok that I think have been really, really good um, and very important to listen to is Baby Ready LGBTQ. Um, They are Sam Leeson and she has a whole lot of information about birth and after baby and feeding and pregnancy and all that. Yes, the focus is toward the LGBTQ plus community, but all bodies are all the same and they, they all kind of work roughly the same way when it comes to giving birth. So it's a lot of good information and plus she's really awesome. So you just need to listen to that. And I also, and I think I may have mentioned this as well, but I really do love this uh, person. Parentlings, P-A-R-E-N-T-L-I-N-G-S. Uh, this is a, I don't know what their actual name is, actually, their, what their first name is, but um, they are a uh, lactation consultant, and I love their videos. They're short, good, uh, chock full of information videos on feeding baby at the chest, and not just feeding baby at the chest, but like also pumping and, you know, uh, getting colostrum and all of this stuff. So, and it's very, 
unbiased and I do really love the message that they give. So I do encourage you to check them out as well. And finally, uh, not birth related in the slightest, but uh, he sort of brings me life is uh, Brandon's Ojibwe word of the day. Um, It's A-N-N-ish underscore no underscore bay, B-A-E. So A-N-I-S-H A-N-I-S-H underscore N-O underscore B-A-E. And he is, he's just got such a light and he gives um, a lot of really cool information about the Ojibwe language and just so cool. And the words are fascinating. And he talks talks about how the word sort of came to be and as I say it just has a great smile and I, and I think it's it's uh, we can all learn something so check that out and also feel free to check out my website you can get a whole lot of information from torontodulagroup.com slash about dash three I'll put the link in the bio as well, and that'll give you access to the classes that I hold, the um, the infant care class that I hold, the uh, breastfeeding class or chest feeding class that I have, and the induction class that I have as well, as well as access to the blog and all my doula packages. So check that out, and the the classes the infant care and whatnot especially they're they're good they're not they're not bad um i i don't hate them and i really hate a lot of things that i actually put out into the universe um but they're they're pretty good and they've got a lot of good information in them and the classes you all have access to them for like six months so you can go back and watch them and things like that so check those out and i hope everybody has a really good day i'm gonna go grab and run something to eat and then go see my uncle and then teach tonight so i'm teaching not in person um but a virtual infant care class tonight as well so I'm very excited about that anyways have a good one and I hope you are staying safe wherever it is you are and yeah that's it bye